Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Uh, it's kind of funny we're going to Mark chapter 2 because when I walked in here, the first thing I thought is I thought it feels like a Mark chapter 2 kind of a night. You might say, um, what in the world does that mean? Uh, I'm, we'll read the whole passage in a minute, but let me just read you uh, the, the, the first part of it. Mark chapter 2, the very first part of it, it says, And again, he entered Capernaum, and after some days, it was heard that he was in the house. It was heard he was in the house. And, and I walked in here, I thought, man, I, I just sense God's presence in here tonight. I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm always pumped to be in church, but there's just some nights where, some nights, some mornings, some things where it's like, I just, man, I, I feel like God is up to something. And um, I'll, I'll tell you what, what I really want to do tonight more than anything else. Um, I'm, I'm going to teach the message, uh, but more than anything else, is I want to stir you up tonight. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to get stirred up. Come on, man. Uh, full participation. Look at your other neighbor, the one you ignored the first time, and say, it's time to get stirred up. You, you know, there's sometimes that what you need is you need to get taught something. Have you, you ever taken a class before? I mean, you're in school. Duh, you've all taken classes. Have you ever taken like a specific class? I mean, like a karate class. Anybody, you ever done karate? Any like, any, like a couple people? I, I did karate for a whole month and um, it was amazing and I didn't do it anymore. Um, when I was like in second grade, I got a, I still have, no, it had to be more than a month. I got a yellow belt. I still have uh, my mom saved my, is it called a gi? She saved my gi and my belt, and I have them now. She gave them to me. She found them, and so my kids have been wearing them as costumes. Um, I said, how dare you wear my gi as a costume and mock my martial arts career? It was serious business. But like, you ever taken a class before to learn something? And there's times that, like, hey, the emphasis is we want to learn something. There's other times, though, that what we need is we need to get stirred up. We, we, we need energy. Um, we need excitement. We need passion. We need, uh, I'm going to use this word a lot tonight. We need faith. We need faith. Like, I don't know if you've ever been stirred up and excited about something before, like an upcoming trip, uh, maybe a summer vacation, uh, a T-Swift concert you're going to, um, a new, like just something. But, but we ought to live with this, with this excitement, this passion, this umph in us for the things of God. And I don't know about you, but there's times that I just don't have that. Like anybody, you, you'll be bold enough to admit tonight in church that there are times that when it comes to the things of God, you're like, eh, just like, eh, eh. If you don't have your hand up, you're lying and you probably feel like that right now because everyone at times is like, eh. And, and we got to stir ourselves up. And so we're in this series right now called Miracles. And um, last week, uh, Sebastian started this series and uh, r- really the emphasis of this series, and if, if you don't walk away with anything else, is it's my heart that, that you would know that we serve a miracle working God. That God, the Bible says in Hebrews, he's the same, someone say the same, same. Uh, people. I got too much energy for half participation. I need some help tonight. Someone say the same. The, same. the Bible goes, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means the same God we read about who brought people who were dead back to life. The same God we read about who, who he cured incurable diseases. The same God we read about who gave people their sight back. The same God we read about who walked on water and calms. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know if you ever picked up on this in the Bible. If you're like a Bible person, you read your Bible. But Jesus left in what chapter of the Bible? Someone, some Bible nerd, Bible scholar, what chapter of the Bible, book and chapter, did Jesus leave the scene? Someone. Someone. Nobody, really. I, I, I thought Isaiah would be like, like on it. Acts chapter 1, my people. Acts chapter 1, he ascends back to heaven. And um, don't, don't quote me because maybe it's not that. I, it is Acts chapter 1, but maybe there's another passage somewhere. Don't look it up. But, but I don't know if you noticed this, but Jesus, Acts chapter 1, he gone. 
by the way, have you ever like read passages of the Bible and wondered what it would have been like to be there? One of the ones for me, I'm gonna be honest, it's not walking on water. It's Acts chapter one. As the Bible says, they watched him ascend. Like I think about like one of those balloons you let go. It's like, there it goes. He's really high right now. Do you think he, like I, just, like I always wonder like what would it have been like to be standing there like watching a balloon on your birthday? Like, oh, there he goes. Hope a plane doesn't hit it. And, and I don't know if you noticed it, but Jesus, he, he, he ascends. He, he's back, back to heaven. And in the book of Acts, we don't even skip a beat. Miracles are still happening. People are still getting healed. Blind people are still getting their sight back. We serve a miracle-working God. And maybe more than anything else in this series, I want you to get stirred up and maybe even start believing again, dare I say, that God still does miracles today that God still desires to do miraculous things in your life. I might be getting ahead of myself, but maybe it's just me. But I've also often thought about miracles, and I, like, I categorize them. And I'm like, yeah, miracles. Uh, like healing, like blind people getting their sight, which is healing too, I guess, and uh, walking on water. And like, I have this like category but I often don't translate it into other areas of my life, like relationships. Man, that'll never, that'll never get fixed. God does miracles. Like, like facing an obstacle. Man, I'm never going to get into that school now. Man, I th- things will never, and all the nevers that we have in life. Come on, you know we all got some nevers. That'll never happen. That'll never work. Have you ever said, yeah, right, in your heart? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And, and I think we often forget about the, the miracles we read about are not the only miracles that Jesus does. That Jesus, well, well, we'll read a scripture tonight, there's nothing impossible for God. God has no limits. There, there is nothing, as I've heard one person say, there is nothing off the table when it comes to God. God can do anything. And as I was listening back to Sebastian's message from last week, uh, there were some things in Mark chapter 2 that really spoke to me. And so I want to go back to Mark chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 12. We're going to read this passage again. If you were here last week, um, you should be familiar with it. If you weren't here, I'm going to catch you up pretty quickly. But I'm going to read verses 1 through 12. It's a story of a man who gets healed miraculously. And um, there's three things in here tonight that I think you need to know. Uh, Mark, chapter cha- Mark chapter 2, verse 1, we'll start there. And it says, again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Pause real quick. This is not the sermon. But, but did you know one of the ways that you and I, listen, all eyes, all ears, because I, I think this is kind of kind of important. Um, One of the ways you and I can see revival happen in our city, one of the ways that you and I can see like God move in our schools and move in our generation is being committed to consistently being in God's house with a spirit of faith and expectation that invites his presence into that place. Because my Bible says that, yeah, there were times Jesus went out but there were other times that it was just heard that God's in that place. The Bible says right here that when it was heard that Jesus was in the house, heard it preached this way one time, that when it was heard that Jesus, he, he came and he sat down in a house. The Bible says that the multitudes were gathered so much so there was no, there was no longer room. You don't think that your generation is desperate for Jesus? You don't think there's not people all around us who are desperate for the presence of a Savior, a miracle working God. I'm telling you, when a, when, when a people, when a community get committed to gathering and inviting the presence of God and hosting the supernatural, word gets out, my friends. The Bible goes, when it was heard, he was in a house. Immediately many gathered together so there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. He preached the word to them. Verse 3, it says this. 
Verse 3, moving along. Then they came to him, they being these, these four friends, and they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemy like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Uh, Question for you, what's easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise. Take up your bed and go to your house. Last verse we'll read. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all who were, so that all who were there were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. So Jesus is in a house. The Bible says he's in a house primarily because he's preaching the word to them. He's actually, it's, it's, it's not a miracle moment. He's, he's, he's preaching. He's teaching the word. The Bible says that these four men, if you were here last week, you know the story, but they have a friend who's paralyzed. Um, I think we all know the definition, but that means you can't walk. Your legs do not work. And they're so desperate to get their friend to Jesus, thinking Jesus can heal, the, heal him, that they, um, they're like, hey, well, there's no room here. Um, it's kind of like the Taylor Swift concert. Like, there's literally sold out. We don't know how we're going to get in. I have an idea. Let's scale this arena, let's break the roof down, and let's lower him. And so they they tear the roof off, they lower their friend down in front of Jesus. And Jesus, well, he says, the Bible goes, when he sees their faith, he goes, your your sins are forgiven. Sins are forgiven, I need my legs healed. But the religious leaders, they go, this this is is not, not good because only God can forgive sins. And so Jesus says, you know, well, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or you walk. Obviously, it's easier to say your sins are forgiven. He says, so that you know I have the power to, for, to forgive sins, to prove to you, to show to you something on the inside that you need to see. I say, take up your bed, arise and walk. And miraculously, this man gets up. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but there is still no like cure or medicine or procedure that when someone is paralyzed, that brings life back to their leg. This does not exist. It did not exist then. It does not exist now. Jesus did a miracle. Someone say miracle. And I want to, like I said, from this passage, I want to preach tonight. I want to give you three thoughts that I think you need to know. Matter of fact, you can write this down if you're taking notes. Title of the sermon tonight is simply this. You just need to know. You just need to know. Look at your neighbor and say, you just need to know. You just need to know this. Uh, Have you ever wished you would have known something on the front side that you knew after the fact this has ever happened to you? Like you wish you would have known that that fish you got at the all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet was no-go, like before you got food poisoning? Like before, I I have a friend and he was so shocked that he got food poisoning. I said, dude, literally, you got sushi from a gas station, bro. Like that's, that's not a road trip food. Of course you got sick. Um, so many of you, many of you know, I have four kids, eight, six, four, and one and a half. And my three older kids right now, I'm teaching them things they need to know about road safety. Uh, can, can you remember being a kid and can you remember learning different things about what you should and should not do when you are near cars? Uh, my, my, my kids are at different stages. And so, uh, Evelyn, she's eight, she's riding a bike all over the place. She loves riding her bike. Brooklyn just learned how to ride a bike. Um, it was pretty cool to see her learn how to ride a bike. And Graham, he cannot ride a bike, although he swears he can. Like, no, you can't, bro. Brooklyn learned how to ride a bike and my, my awesome son, He's sitting there eating a popsicle, and he goes like this. Who cares? I can do that. And, and it probably wasn't a good dad moment, but I said, Graham, you cannot do that. 
I can do that. And I said, buddy, you can't even ride your bike with training wheels right now. You cannot ride a bike. He's like, he know what to say. He's like, so, <laughs> but, but Grant, he, he loves his skateboard and his scooter. And so like, like right now I'm, I'm telling them things they need to know. Like right now, me and Evelyn, we've been talking when we go on bike rides. Uh, like, like, so a couple nights ago, we talked about like, you got to be careful on turns. There's a turn in our neighborhood. And I'm like, all right, pause. See how you can hear the car. See how you can hear. It doesn't make sense. Um, notice how you can hear the car, but you can't. Why? Because there's a turn. So you got to be careful when you're riding your bike in the neighborhood on the turns because the car won't see you and, and you'll get hit. Uh, with, with Brooklyn, we're working right now on stopping at stop signs and looking both ways. I watched her blow through a stop sign and I thought, praise Jesus. There was not a car because she just, whoo, said, we got to stop intersections and we got to look both ways. Uh, I'm teaching Graham right now when you're riding your skateboard or your scooter, um, the middle of the road is not the best place to ride. Like he's still oblivious. So he's literally in the middle of the road and there's like a car behind him just patiently waiting. He's just like, and so things you need to know. Can I say in life, when it comes to following Jesus, there's just some things you need to know. I want to give you three things tonight I think you need to know from this passage if you're going to not just make it, but you're going to experience everything that God has for you. Can I stir up a little bit of faith and just say, God has some great things for your life. God has something for you. God wants to do something in your life. God wants to be present in your life. And I'm going to give you three thoughts. Number one, you can write this down if you're taking notes. But, but I just, I want you to know this, that Jesus is a miracle worker. Jesus is a miracle worker. Someone say miracle. miracle. Mark chapter 2, verse 11 through 12, we read this, but we'll read it one more time just so we, we'll make it so we remember. Uh, the Bible says Jesus said to this man, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified God. So we never saw anything like this before. This is a, it's a miracle. There's nothing to explain. There's nothing to rationalize. There's no other other than Jesus is a miracle worker. Like here's this man, he's paralyzed cannot walk, cannot move, he has no hope, there is no cure, there are no answers, and Jesus with a word, someone say a word, with a word, he goes, arise, take your bed and walk. This is not the point of this point, but can I just say, that that's why it's a big deal, you get the word in your heart, because one word from God can change your life. So that's why it's a big deal that, that you spend time with God because a lot of times what we do not have is we don't have a word from God. You might have goals. You might have ambition. You might have dreams. You might have aspirations. But can I ask you tonight, do you have a word from God? Do you have anything that you've heard God speak to you? Do you have anything that you've heard the voice of God speak to Do you have a word? Because there are a lot of people in life trying to make it I got goals, I got ambition, I got dreams. Here, here's my list, here's my equation. But what they do not have is a word from God. I don't know if you remember the story, but how Peter met Jesus. Peter was fishing all night long and he caught nothing. And any fishermen in the house, by the way? Anybody like, like you're one person, all right. Three people, all right, cool. Super not relevant example, but he's a fisherman. And um, the Bible goes, he's out all night long caught nothing. Zip, zip, zero. And Jesus goes, hey, cast your net on that side. Um, excuse me, carpenter man. I get you professionally build rocking chairs that sit in front of Cracker Barrel. I get it. They're amazing. I've sat at them and I've played checkers before. I totally. I'm a professional fisherman. Put on that side. And and Peter, he, he obeyed a word. And the Bible says he caught so many fish, he didn't even have, he didn't have room for them. He was weighing down the boat, sinking the boat. 
you need a word from God. See, God's a miracle-working God. And oftentimes what we need, we need a word from God. We need God to speak to us. We, we need the voice of God. We, we need the, the word of God to come in our heart and to either bring faith or revelation or give us instruction. Why? Because God wants to do miracles, miracles in our life. But what we often do not have is we do not have a word from him. So I, I just think you need to know tonight that God is a miracle-working God, and here's why I think you need to know it. I think you need to know that God is a miracle-working God because if you do not know this, hear me tonight, you will settle for less than God's best. Have you ever settled before? You ever been shopping for something and like you really wanted the certain color shoes and they didn't have your size, but you're impatient? And so you, you settled you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like three, three people. Um, I think we settle in life. Well, I mean, it wasn't my plan, but it's what it is. Yeah, I just, that's really, I don't know how we're going to deal with it. Oh, well. See, and if you don't know that we serve a God who's a miracle-working God, you will settle. Guess I'll always be like this. Guess my family will always be like this. Guess things will always, guess I'm just not going to. I guess it's not going, and you will settle. But hear me tonight, our God, he's a supernatural, miracle-working God. Luke 137, two quick scriptures I want to read you. The Bible says this, for with God, nothing, someone say nothing. Nothing, nothing will be impossible. Quick question, it's not a trick question. I, I need a one-word answer. I hope you get it right. Um, what is impossible for God? Nothing. Absolutely nothing is impossible for God. The Bible says this in Mark 9.23. Mark 9.23, Jesus said to him, replies to a man, if you can believe, if you can believe, if you have faith, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So I just think you need to know tonight, whatever you're facing, wherever you are in life, whatever isn't working out, whatever bad news you've gotten, whatever uh, place you are where you don't know if you should go right or left, or God is a miracle working God that can supernaturally do things you cannot do on your own ability. We serve a God who does miracles. Can I get an amen? Here's the second thing I think you need to know, that miracles... They do not always look the way we want. They, 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 they don't always happen. They don't always look the way that we want them to look or the way we want them to happen. There's a quote that, that, that I gave you, Brad. I want to read it. It's a quote that I just literally saw on Instagram today um, by a pastor named Rich Wilkerson Jr. He posted this. Uh, just because you don't understand what's going on doesn't mean God isn't up to something. Man, what, what, what a good thought. Just because you don't understand what's going on does not mean that God isn't up to something. We, we won't read the scripture, but it's a pretty obvious connection, I think. Mark chapter 2, this man, he comes for what reason? For his legs to get fixed. Like, I don't, I don't mean because he wanted to walk. I mean, who knows how many things. But in my mind, I'm like, he's got some things he wants to do. He's got, he's got a life he wants to live, and he's here because he wants his legs to get fixed. And what does Jesus do? Wow. That's a lot of faith you guys got. Do you use tools for that? Fingernails only. Wow. Strong nails. Created in that way. You're welcome. My son, your sins are forgiven. Doesn't say, I do not know. But I would imagine the paralytic's like, this is my moment. My sins are forgiven. I wanted to play basketball this summer. Like, I'm trying to hoop at the Y. Jesus, I can hoop and be sinful at the same time. All the things I need my legs, like sin is not a part of this. I, I want my legs to work. And, and this miracle did not happen in the order or in the way that he he may be thought. Can, can I say, there's a lot of times, you and I, here's what happens. We get discouraged. We get disillusioned. 
We get discontent because things just don't work out the way we wanted them to work out. And anybody, have you ever had like a picture in your mind of how something was going to work out and it didn't work out that way? Like again, anybody, and I, I don't know if I'm talking to very many people tonight, but anybody like you, you've ever gone on a date before and you thought it was going to go a certain way and it did not go that way. I, I remember one time, fu- funny story, maybe not funny story. Um, I was taking my wife, Jenny, um, when we were dating on a date, on a date, that doesn't make sense. Um, we're going on a date, and so I go to pick her up, and her, and her dad, hey, Brandon, yeah, you guys are going to the movies, right? Uh, yes, sir, y- yes, sir, just, would you mind taking her little brother and his friend with you? Sure, Mr. Fail, whatever you say, and I had a, I had a 19, I think it was like a 1992 Toyota Celica. It's a very small car. Um, and um, it, it has a very small back seat. I had no air conditioning. And so Jenny's little brother and her, his dumb friend get in my car. And the whole ride to Manchester Movie Theater, his friend, this car sucks. It's hot in here. Why do you drive such a crappy car? I've never wanted to beat someone up so bad in my life. And I remember driving thinking like, this night is not going the way I envisioned it going. That's life. I want to read you a passage, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 11 through 14. There was a man named Naaman, and he, he had an, incur, uh, an incurable disease. He, he goes to, to the man of God to be healed. Yeah, I'm uh, was sent here. Um, I'm I'm here here for for the man of God. I want to be healed. His associate comes out. Yeah, he said, just go uh, dip in the river seven times. You're you're good to go. And here's what it says. But Naaman became furious, and he went away and said, "Indeed, listen to this. I said to myself." Someone say, I said to myself. myself. Here's what this means. Naaman is on on his donkey or whatever he's he's rocking. And the whole way there, he's like, yeah, man, I know exactly how this is going to go. He had a predetermined idea, plan of what this whole thing was going to look like. And Naaman became furious and he went away and said, indeed. I said to myself, surely he's going to come out. He's going to stand and call in the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hands all over the place and heal the leprosy. I can just imagine, like, in, in his mind, he's coming out. Almighty God. I don't know what he's waving his hands for. He's just. Babo. Because that's. So what I thought was going to happen. Verse, verse 12, it says this. <clears throat> Are not the Abana and the Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned away, and he went away in rage. And a servant came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, Oh, we're obsessed with great, aren't we? We are the social media generation. We only like things that are great. We only like things that are postable. We only like things that other people look at and go, wow. Like, like if we're honest, so, so many of us, part of our great desire is not just for God to do something great, but for God to do something great in a way that everybody goes, wow, you're amazing and that's amazing. Wow. And he, he goes, like, this is so dumb. The servant says, uh, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, you could have posted on Instagram. Wouldn't you have done it? How much more when he says to you, wash and be clean? Verse 14, so he went and he dipped seven times in the Jordan, According to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Here's Naaman. 
He's like, I've taken a bath already. This water's disgusting. Like this water's like wily right now. This is disgusting. This water will give me leprosy. I probably got leprosy from this water. Someone probably infected our water with their water. So I have leprosy in the first place. This doesn't even make sense to me. I thought he was going to do something great. The servant goes, maybe you should just do what he's asking you to do. See, see so, so often the miracle that God's trying to do in your life, you can't see it because it doesn't look the way you want it to look. It, it doesn't feel the way you want it to feel. I'm not that old, but I'm getting old. And I'll tell you, as a 35-year-old man, there have been so many dreams and desires in my heart. So many things that I've, I'm journaling, and I'm, oh, God's going to do this, and God's going to do that, da, 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 da. And I'm praying, and in the name of Jesus, and, and I get frustrated and disappointed and even angry because, God, you're not doing it the way I imagined you would do it. God, this isn't what I wrote in my journal. This isn't the way I wanted you to meet this need. See, I think you need to know that miracles don't always look the way we want because if you don't, you'll become disappointed, discouraged, discouraged and disillusioned. Romans 8.28 says this, that, that God, he works all things together. Romans 8.28, he works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God works all things. Someone say all things. Like right now, God is working all things together for your good. I, 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 love, I, I love that quote that we read because even though you might not understand right now what God is doing, even though you might not understand right now or you can't see what, it doesn't mean God's not up to something. God, he takes all all things, and he works them together for the good of those who love him and serve him and are following him. God always does miracles. He just doesn't always do them the way that we want them. And here, here's the last thing I'll say, and we're going to move on. We just need to realize that God, he's not as interested in the things we are as we maybe think he is. In other words, I'm not saying that God doesn't meet needs because he does. I'm not saying God doesn't heal physically because he does. But can I tell you what God is far more concerned about? He is far more concerned about the inner condition of your life. God is far more concerned about your heart. He's far more concerned about your trusting him. He's far more concerned about your character. I, I don't know who, who I'm preaching to, but I think there's someone in here tonight that part of the reason God hasn't answered your prayer is because your character can't handle it. And if God would answer your prayer and do the thing you want him to do, your character, you've let to allow him to develop, it would, it, it would not withstand the pressure or the weight of the answer you're looking for. See, God actually cares about our whole life. God doesn't just care about the immediate gratification that we want right now. God's looking long-term like, no, no, no. I want you to be healthy and whole and to trust me. I want you to be the man or the woman of God I've created you to be so you can flourish. And I know right now you want something cool and sexy to post on Instagram. But if I answered that prayer request and I did it that way, you would miss everything I'm trying to do on the inside. See, there's an order to this. And if we don't get the order right, we might get a short-term blessing, but it will not be a long-term blessing. It'll become a burden. I, I, I just wonder, what is God trying to do in you right now? And what would happen if you would stop and say, God, my eyes are really focused on this thing because I want this thing to get fixed, but... God, maybe you're trying to do something in me. I wonder what God may be trying to do in you tonight. I, I wonder what miracle tonight you're in the middle of. You just don't see it. You don't see it because it doesn't look the way you want it to look. Naaman was in the middle of a miracle. Are you kidding me? He was in the middle of a miracle. 
And he almost missed it. Why? This is dumb. I'm not dipping seven times in Lake Wiley. That is ridiculous. I thought it was going to be fireworks and explosions and super... Gr- like, this is stupid. It's dumb. Ugh. How many things have you given up on? How many things have you just lost hope in? How many decisions have you made that were the wrong decision because I'm, I'm not seeing what I want to see right now? Because you can't see that, no, you're in the middle of a miracle. You're in the middle of a miraculous thing God is doing and wants to do. It just doesn't look the way you want it. So can, I, can I tell you, God cares about all, all, all your desires. Like, like this is, I'm random. But maybe the, the, the miracle you're after is you want a new pair of Jordans. Maybe it's like, that's my, my miracle. Can I tell you, God actually cares about the Jordans. He does. Like, I'll just tell you, I'm a dad and I'm not a perfect dad. I'm not a, like a perfect dad at, at all. But the Bible says that if we, being imperfect dads, have a desire to give our kids good things, how much more does our heavenly father who is a perfect dad, want to give it. God cares about the little things. You want Jordan's? Cool. God, like God's into that. He, he's just more into the inside stuff than the Jordans. And I'm telling you, I think we'd get to the Jordans a lot quicker if we'd stop fixating on the outside and we'd go, God, I, I want to know what kind of miraculous thing you're doing on the inside. God, help me to cooperate with what you're doing in my life right now. Because yes, you want to give me everything my heart desires, but God, you want my heart to be right and clean and pure, and you want me to be able to handle and walk in long term. Just last thing I'll I'll say on this, maybe. But you do know whatever you're facing right now won't be the last thing you'll ever face. Have you ever considered that what you're facing right now, it might even be the smallest thing you'll face for the rest of your life? The challenges may, may, may get bigger. Can I tell you one of the most discouraging things that I ever heard? But it was true. I was like, this sucks. Um, I was so pumped to graduate college. I was so pumped. And uh, I was pumped because I thought when I graduated college that life would get easier. I'm like, oh, it's awesome. And I was talking to a mentor friend of mine, and I said, oh, man, I'm just so ready for college to be done. So much homework, exams, the pressure. <laughs> And, and he said, man, you're in the easiest part of your life from here on out right now. That's not true. You just have a job, Pastor Jason. I have a part-time job and a full schedule. Psh. He said, no. Nah. He said, I promise you. From here on out, every step forward, life only gets more complex and it only gets weightier. I did not believe that man in that office, but I'm here to tell you today as truth that life, the old, it only gets more complex and only gets weightier. What, what, what if the reason God's trying to do something in you is because he's preparing you? What, what if the thing you're facing today isn't the most complex or weighty thing you, you will face for the rest of your life? And while God does want to meet the need, what he wants to do more is prepare you so you have the faith and the courage and the endurance to handle the things that are coming in the days to come. God is a miracle-working God. Miracles don't always look the way we want. And here's the last thing that I, I just want to encourage you with tonight. I think you need to know. It's this, that miracles require faith and trust. Point number three, miracles require faith and trust. Someone say faith. Faith. Someone say trust. Trust. We won't read Mark chapter two just for time's sake, but miracles do require faith. Um, If if you went to McDonald's tonight, um, someone shouted at me, if you went to McDonald's literally right now, what would you order? McDouble. Chicken McNuggets, McDouble, McDouble. any Big Mac people in the house? Any Big Mac people in the house? Any any fish fillet people in the house? (laughs) What about any McRib people in the house? I've never had a McRib before. I'm telling you, when when the McRib hits town, my my wife's grandma, she lives in McDonald's. She's she's into the McRib. Um, But like if, if you went to McDonald's right now, and you got your fish fillet, McRib, chicken nugget, whatever, 
Um, what would they ask for? Money. Like, try this tonight. Go to, go to McDonald's, go to Taco Bell, order your food. Be like, all right, man, thanks so much. God bless. Your picture's going on the wall of people that have robbed this facility or people that are in jail right now. Why? Because you, you got to, there's currency, you got to pay. Money is currency. Can I tell you in the Bible, what we see is that the currency of God's kingdom, it's faith. So many times in the New Testament, do you know what we hear? Wow. According to your faith, let it be done. Jesus, he, he looks at the foreman, he goes, wow. Because of your faith, your sins are forgiven. Faith is the currency of God's kingdom. You, you, you have to have faith, belief, confidence in God. It is the currency of God's kingdom. The Bible says this in Romans 10, 17. It should be on the screen. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is not just a magic thing. Faith is something that we grow, something we cultivate, something that we go, God, I, I need a miracle. And because I need a miracle, what I need is I need faith. Like tonight, if you're like, yo, I need Jordans. And I would tell you, you need a J-O-B. That's what you need. No, I need Jordans. No, you need a job, bro, because you got to pay for those Jordans. Brandon, I need a miracle. You know what you need is faith. I need God to do something miraculous. No, what you need is faith. Because faith is the currency of God's kingdom. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I remember, I've told this story before. I'll tell it quickly, hopefully. But I remember when Jenny and I, we found out we were having uh, uh, Brooklyn, I think it was. We got so many kids. Who can even keep count? One of our kids. And, and we realized that like, we, like, we need a new vehicle. We just need a new car. We, like, we just we need, a, need a new vehicle. And, and we didn't have the money to get a new vehicle. And so we're trying to figure it out. And I just felt God say, hey, why don't you like pray and like ask me, like trust me? I'll tell you what I did not have. I did not have faith. Because when I first heard, had the thought, I'm like, you're right. Anyway, so like, like, do you think like, like what could we sell? Like, what could we do? God, like, no, nah, you like, ask me. And God brought me to Matthew 7. If you earthly fathers know how to give good things to your kids, how much more your heavenly father to those who ask. And I realized that God's trying to do something, but I just don't have any faith. And so what I did is I went and I found three Bible verses that talked about how God loved me, talked about how God answers prayer, and talked about how God meets needs. And every day, I read those scriptures. I started memorizing them, and I started praying them. And what I was doing is I was, Romans 10, 17, I was building faith in my heart. Because I realized God's trying to do something, I just don't believe him. I don't have faith for it. Like, I know in my heart, like, God wants to bless us. But I also am like, you're right. Like, how, like, like who just goes around giving away cars, man? Like, who, who does that? You're right. But I just, okay, I'm, I'm. So I just started believing, and, and I started meditating and memorizing and, and getting the script to the point that, that I, faith started to rise up. I started to actually believe that God wanted to bless us, and, and I'll never forget, we got invited out to go get Mexican food with some people in our church. I thought they needed pastoral counseling. Legit, I'm like, all right, let's gear up, babe. We're going tonight. It's going to be probably got a lot of ministry to do tonight, and I just I, I figured like we're going to talk about something. Never forget, we're sitting there eating chips and salsa. Still the best chips and salsa I've ever had. And they said, hey, so we actually invited you here tonight um, because we've been praying and God put it on our heart uh, to give you this. And they slid across the table an $18,000 check. They said, we wish we had more to give, but this is all we have right now. We, actually, they said, we emptied our entire savings account this is all we have to give. But we heard God tell us that we were supposed to give this to you because you needed a new car. And I'm like, that's all you have? Like, I'll give it back. And I literally, I'm like, wow, no, no, no. And they said, no, no, no. They said, we're actually believing God for something right now. And, and, and we felt like God say to us, what I'm asking you to do is to sow a seed 
so I can meet the need that you have. What I did not have was faith. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You can say I'm making it up. You can say I'm crazy. But I'm, I'm convinced by experience in the word of God that part of that whole orchestration was me and Jenny saying, all right, let's build our faith. I don't think he can do it. I don't know if he, if he wants to do it. But the Bible says he does, so let's, let's build our faith. Let's start getting this word in our heart. So you need faith, but here's the other thing you need. You need trust. Someone say trust. I don't know where Kimberly is, but Isaiah, you can come, come play, and we'll, we'll end right here. Oh, Kimberly, would you come play? That beat's so awesome. You need faith because faith is the currency of God's kingdom, but you need trust. Someone say trust. Be, because you have to trust God enough to do whatever he asks you to do. Legitimately, can I ask you tonight, are you willing to do whatever he asks you to do? For being honest, the answer for many of us is not really. And we can pretty much safely say that because I bet there's some things that Jesus is asking you to do right now that you're like, nah, later, next year, when it's more convenient. Think, think about Naaman. Yeah, got really bad leprosy. It's really itchy. Clear still has not worked. Um, will, you, uh, will you heal me? Yeah, go, go, go dip seven times. I'm going to look so stupid dipping in the Jordan River seven times. This is so not... See, Naaman, he, what he needed was trust to do what he was being asked to do. I, I just wonder if, if, if some of us were missing what God's trying to do in our life because we just don't trust him enough to do what he's asking us to do. See, because here's what we want. We want God to connect the dots, don't we? That's what I want. Like, like I, I promise you, I would do anything God asked me to do if he'd connect the dots on the front side, anything. If God was like, all right, Brandon, okay, I want you to do this. Why? I'll tell you, just hold on. I want you to do this because when you do that, I'm gonna open this door and when I open it, this is going to happen, and then I'm going to catapult you, and you'll be where you want to be. I'd be like, bet. Did I use that right? Am I, am I? Bet. <laughs> like, like, I'm game. See, but here's the problem. God doesn't do that. God goes, I want you to do that. That's so stupid. It doesn't even make sense. That's what I'm asking you to do. Why don't you do that? Yeah, yeah, but God, how... How, how's it going to work? Don't worry about it. It'll work. Yeah, yeah, but, but God, but, but if I make that decision, what about, trust me, trust me. Do, do you remember how God led Abraham, the father of the nation of Israel? He said, Abraham, get out of your country. And go to a place that I will show you. That's not very specific, God. Hey, uh, Caitlin, I'd like you to go get in your car and just go to a place. I'll show you. Where am I going? Just go. Just go. Just go. Let's get going. See, there's a reason the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. We want to walk by like a little bit of faith, but mostly sight. God, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Just connect all the dots for me. I want to know that when I do this, it's going to lead to this. And that when I, when I get there, that it's going, to, it's going to move me right here. And see, we want to be American. We want to climb the ladder. Yeah, God, just one. That's not how God works. And you just need to know that miracles require faith and trust because if you do not know this, first of all, you won't stir yourself up to believe God and you won't move when he tells you to move. Can I ask you tonight, what is God asking you to do? I, I, I don't know. You should probably ask him. 
probably ask him. I, I, I end with this. Here is the, the current prayer on my prayer walks that I am praying like 90% of the time I'm praying. Here's my, here's my current prayer, okay? My current prayer is, God, I don't trust myself. I, I've learned by experience thus far, God, I actually can't strategize and figure out and maneuver my way to where you want me. I've tried. It hasn't worked. I've tried to connect the dots for God. It hasn't worked. God, your word says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is, God, I've experienced that in so many areas. I thought if I just then, genuinely, one of my prayers every day right now is, God, I don't trust myself. I can't figure it out. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. But God, I trust you. Almost every day when I'm praying right now, I'm praying, God, from the bottom of my heart, I will go wherever you tell me to go. I will do whatever you tell me to do because I don't trust me. I trust you, God. So God, open my eyes today to see what you want me to do and where you want me to go. Open my ears today, Jesus, to hear you lead me and guide me because I don't. I'll just tell you, I don't know. I got big things in my heart for my life. I don't know how to get there. God's got a big plan for your life. You don't know how to get there. He does. He wants to miraculously move in your life. But you got to get to a place that you go, God, I, God, I believe. I believe you. You can do anything. You can move mountains. You can provide money. You can open doors. God, you can do anything. I don't just believe you, God. I trust you. So wherever you tell me to go, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it, God. I'll do it. I can't figure it out. You can't. You you already know. So God, if you want me to dip in Lake Wiley seven times, you're going to have to heal a disease afterwards because I promise you I'm going to get it. But I'll do it, God. I'll do it. Can I ask you tonight, what miracle do you need? Where do you need God to show up in a big way? What do you need God to do in your home? What do you need God to do in your family? What, what, what's keeping you? What do you need right now? Because I just think you need to know God's a miracle working God and it might not look the way you want it to look, but if you will have faith and you will trust him, he will move mountains. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.